Well, that's half the church gone. Wonderful. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how everybody wants to be a star? Everything that happens, you know, the kids get up and wave, so it's your chance now. So all of you lovely stars out there, would you kindly stand with me? And we're just going to pray a, a, a short prayer or two. Put my glasses on, just let the hubbub die down. Wonderful to be with you at the start of a, another year. New beginnings. So, Lord, uh, let's just we pray together. Lord, we don't know what, what, uh, what's ahead of us, but you do. And the Lord is with that confidence that we have that uh, you're already leading, you're already ahead. You call us to follow you. So, Lord, help us as a body today to be your stars, Lord, to, uh, to be part of your team and to do that which you've called us to do. Lord, we pray for peace in this troubled world. Lord, we pray that out of all the trauma and all the uh, wretched and horrible things that are going on, oh, Lord, we pray that people's hearts would be turned to you. Lord, that we would see revival. Lord, we would see justice flow as we sang this morning. Lord, out of all these horrible things that are happening, oh God, we pray for revival, a turning of hearts back to you. Oh God, that you would be in your rightful place and that your kingdom would truly come. Lord, we pray for healing of the nations. Lord, those that are at war and those that are in great trouble of famines and natural disasters. Lord, we pray for your healing hand. Lord, help us to be sensitive to what you are doing amongst us. Lord, as Sam's prayed, we pray, Lord, for unity. For, Lord, when we are in unity, when we work together to have unity, oh, God, Lord, there you command the blessing. And we thank you, Lord, as we come together and as we come to seek your face and to honour you, Lord, that's where we find your blessing. And so we look forward to your blessing this year. Lord, we pray for healing for our people. Lord, there'd be folk amongst us this morning and uh, conscious that uh, Pastor Bill, Lord, has just uh, fallen over and, and broken his arm, just snapped his arm. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for him and we pray for his continual uh, hand upon him. And, uh, Lord, uh, we bless him in your name. And if you have a need this morning, if you come this morning, if maybe you just need a, a touch from God, just put your hand up if you would. If anybody needs healing, there's a couple of hands going up. Uh, if you just have a very quick look round, there's somebody near you, just reach out to them, just place your hand gently on them and let's just pray together in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you care about us individually and corporately. Lord, we can come week after week and sometimes just be, think we're just a person in the crowd, but Lord, we're known to you. So Lord, these uh, dear folk, Lord, who are indicating to you, Lord, their need of you, their need for healing, their need for peace, their need for a touch, more than a touch from you. Your Lord, your very presence, Lord, to explode within them and bring them joy and, and, and uh, just healing in every sense of the word. Lord, thank you that we can pray together as your body. And Lord, uh, we're just amazed at your goodness to us. And so, Father our God, we pray this year your blessing, we seek your blessing. Lord, uh, we want to walk humbly with you and honour you and worship you as our God. And so, Lord, we commit our time this year to you. And, Lord, we look forward to the end of this year, seeing what amazing things you've done amongst us, Lord, as we walk humbly with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
wow. It's been great to come together. I've just reminded uh, church that we are built for community. (laughs) We are built to be together and we're built to be family. Uh, How wonderful has it been already this morning? I kind of feel like I don't need to say anything because (laughs) we've sensed God's presence. We've fellowshiped together. We've we've heard the word. Having the songs just been... I'm just I'm just blown away every every week when the song leader just chooses words that just fit in so well with what I'm going to say. It's not surprising the spirit is at work, but just that last song, oh, before the day is past us by, would you fill us? Would you fill us? And that's my prayer for this morning as we we launch into 2024. But before we do that, just a can I just have a huge thank you to those who helped with our breakfast? I know um, Alan was you're cooking and and uh, um, uh, Christy did all the fruit and John brought some plums. So can we just thank and Sarah and Brett for organising? So wonderful, wonderful to get together um, in in that way. Well, we are. Launching 2024. Oh, that's a bit gone out of the. Oh, missed it. Um, launching 2024, and some of you might go, "Well, we're we're in February. Why are we doing this now? We've already missed a month." But we're we're, we're typical Australians, and in January, pretty much nothing goes on, isn't that right? Uh, and we're kind of work with the school calendar, and so school's gone back, and so we're launching this week. And I don't know about you, but when you think about launching into a new year, there's a sense of anticipation, there's this, this sense of, of get up and go and inspiration. And so I was thinking and I was praying about, well, actually I wasn't praying, That's I'm going to come to that. I was thinking about what message I was going to give and, and how I could inspire you and encourage you and get you off and running for the new year into all the life that you have for you. And um, I came up with a message based on the Great Commission because I thought, you know, as a church movement, we're built around the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. So what better place to start to enable us to go? And I was, I was, I was ready to, to, to go and I'll prepare this message. And um, I was going to go through the, the Bible and, and look at all the, the stories and the, the people that Jesus or, or God through his spirit commanded to go and to do. And I was really excited. And so I prepared this message to go. And good. Yes. Fantastic. Let's put that over there. Yeah, something amazing happened to me. I was driving along Dashwood Gully. It's when all of the internet goes out and you can't do anything. And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, I was like, okay, I've got this God, you know, inspire, go, do, come on church, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, Sam, 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 <laughs> you know this, before you do anything, you've got to be. Before you can run, you've got to rest. Before you can stand, you've got to sit. There's a natural process and there's, there's a, a way of doing things. There's a, there's a, a biblical order. In fact, the, the Sullivan Home Group, they actually did a t-shirt based on this order, know, be, do. We've got we to know the revelation of Jesus and then that inspires who we are 
and, it, and that shapes us and it transforms us. And out of that, out of who we are, out of who God's called us to be, out of that revelation comes the enablement to actually be free to do as he has called us to do, not in our own strength or because I think it's a good idea, but because he is leading us in it. And that comes out of this sense of being. We, we need to understand what it means to be people of God and what it means to be the church. And so this morning as we, we launch into 2024, I want to talk about what it means, the, the natural order of being before doing. The, the, the doing is very obvious. It's an outward thing. We, we see it. We can quantify it. We can sort of see it. But the, the being is, is, is hidden. It's, it's the inward part of us that often sometimes we, we shy away from or we're scared of or we don't want the Lord to be working in because that's, that's me. That's, that's who, who I am. But when God, when we don't let the day pass us by until God does something in us, that changes us from the inside and then from out of that being, out of that transformation, out of that who we are in Christ, that changes our doing. And it is just a natural progression. Perhaps you've come this morning and you, or perhaps you're watching online, you've tuned in this morning and you don't know what your purpose is in life. You're wondering, why am I here? What's, what's the point of life? Who, who am I? What, what's, what's the purpose of this existence? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I living as I'm supposed to be living? What, what's this all about? And that answer, the answer to those questions is found first and foremost in knowing that you are loved. You are a beloved child of God. And Jesus has done everything possible to, to show that love on the cross and to die in your place to give you life and life in all its fullness. And not only to rescue you from the power of sin and, and death and to give you life, but to be brought into a community, to be brought into a family and, and to, to, to exercise that. And, and when you know that, when that revelation becomes a reality and it sits in your heart, then you understand your purpose. You understand what you're to do and how you're to go about your business. And so I want to speak this morning on being a human being. Do that again because that was fun. Being a human being, like so we're, we're being, we're, we're, we're exercising that understanding of what it means to be as, as we live out our, our church life. And so um, I, I love the Lord, how the Lord just, just makes things, things happen. And uh, we, we had a leadership meeting this week and we got together and there was this sense of, you know, are we striving are we doing too much? We're trying to be something that we're not. Do we need to strip things back? Do we need to just come back to meeting together, to hearing the word, being filled afresh, being encouraged in, in one another? And it, those are the simple things. And if we get that right, then everything else just falls into place. God calls us and, and prompts us when we're in that space of hearing from him and being being led by him and, and guided by him. And that happens when we humble ourselves and come before him and acknowledge that he is the head of the church. He is the one who leads us and guides us. 
And then we're, um, Dan mentioned the, the getting together with our CFC churches. We were there this week and we were singing this um, a Keith Green song, Oh Lord, You're Beautiful. And I love the song and part of me was thinking, oh, they're messing it up because they're not doing it right. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'll try and get into it. And the, the, the chorus goes, I want to take your word and shine it all around. Like, I want to go. I want to do. And then the next line says, but first help me just to live it. That comes first. First thing is just living this life, this, this cold life, being a child of God, being a disciple, being at his feet, hearing from him. And then out of that comes our life to, to partner with him and pursue the things of God. So I want to look at the story of Mary and Martha. It is a very common story. You probably know it off by heart. Uh, you've probably heard sayings like, oh, that person's such a Martha, or uh, maybe you've, you've read books on how to be a Martha in a merry world or something like that. I don't know. But if you want to um, turn to Luke chapter 10, we're going to just look at this and draw some of these insights in terms of what it means to be and the, the benefit of being overdoing as, as we look to this, this famous story. So Luke chapter 10, if you've got your Bibles or your phones, feel free to, to look at it as, as we read. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village, and we, we know where this is because we know that Mary and Martha lived in where they lived, in Bethany, uh, to a woman named Martha who opened her home to him. Now, what we need to understand is in, in that culture, hospitality was like just what you did. Uh, in our day and age, we kind of, uh, you know, make plans and can you come over, let's check the diary. Yeah, that works for our, our thing. But back in that day, if, if a stranger came into your town and knocked on your door, you opened it up and you provided a meal, even if you didn't know them. That's that was the culture of the time. And so Mary did what was culturally, uh, uh, Martha did what was culturally appropriate. She, she opened her home to Jesus. Now, we don't know if this was just Jesus or if, um, if, if the disciples went off to get a bakery tea or something like that while Jesus just came in. Um, but but she's, she's doing what she's called, culturally called to do. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. I just want you to, to, just to picture that. This description of somebody sitting at a rabbi's feet is the picture of a disciple. So, so Mary is taking up the position of a disciple in learning from and listening to and gleaning from the wisdom of Jesus' teaching to Mary. Now, back in those days, once again, women were not disciples. And women were not able to be in a position of being discipled. But Jesus makes no mention, no qualms about this, which shows how radical Jesus was in, in bringing about his purposes and his kingdom. Here's, here's Mary being able to be a disciple, listening to the very words of Jesus. But Martha was distracted. I want you to remember that word distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, come on, this is the Son of God in your house. I, I, I can sort of understand, like, let's 
dust a bit. Let's, let's make this meal beautiful. Like, this is Jesus here. Um, so she's distracted. She's preparing. She's making. She's doing all these things. And she came to him. She's like, well, Mary should be, be helping out here. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Interesting, Martha didn't go to, to Mary and say, hey, Mary, come over here. No, Jesus, look at this. This isn't okay. Jesus' answer is the answer that we, we all know. And, and this is what we want to pull out from this morning. Martha, Martha. Now, when someone is talked to in a repeated name, it's, it's a sense of intimacy. Like there's a sense of relationship. It's not just, oh, Martha from over there, I don't really know you, but hey, we know each other, Martha. Like, so when Jesus saw, saw Mary at the time, Mary, Mary. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Here we have a picture of two sisters. And the description of Martha is that Martha is distracted. She is anxious. She is upset. Now, who do you relate to most in this story? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say I'm often distracted. I'm often anxious. I'm often upset about many things. <laughs> Are you? Are you distracted in life as you go about all of your doing and you go about all of your planning, all of the things that you've got to have in place, all the responsibilities that you have that are are rightfully yours to have. You know, it's, it's not that you shouldn't have these things in life. In fact, Jesus never says that one is bad and one is good. We're not to say that serving is a bad thing. I mean, let's, let's not get that into our heads. <laughs> serving is a good thing, okay? <laughs> serving Jesus is good. Uh, but, but Jesus isn't saying, well, you're good and you're bad, Jesus is saying if there, if there is a priority, if there is a, a sense of, of choosing one out of, out of both, Mary has chosen what is most important. In fact, he says chosen what is better. In fact, you've, you've often heard the Christian life is, is a bit like the cross. We have a horizontal... Um, Axis, which is our relating to one another, our serving, our, 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 our relating, our just being in, in relationship and in church and in community, like this, there's this horizontal, and then there's this vertical axis, which is our, our sense of us and God, and the Christian life is, is a balance of both. But as I was thinking about this, and as, as you look at the cross, you know, the, the vertical axis can actually exist by itself. It can stand up. It doesn't actually need the horizontal axis with it. Yet if we just try to only have the horizontal axis, it would fall flat to the ground. And I think that's a bit like what Jesus is saying here, saying, you know, it's not that doing is wrong, not that serving is, is a bad thing. In fact, Jesus commands us to go. 
But if our going and if our doing and if our interacting and if our serving and if it's all just pushed by distraction and anxiety and just trying to get it right and please people and please God, then we've got it all the wrong way around. In fact, we can't ever do enough to please God. But what Jesus is calling us to as a people and as a church is to position ourselves, as Mary did as a disciple, to receive from, to hear from, to be empowered by, to be filled by, to be encouraged with, to be transformed by our relationship and our time with Jesus. He is at the centre of it all. He is the means by which we live and move and have our being. And so one of the, one of the scariest things I think Jesus has ever said, and I know that we're doing the words of Jesus as a series, I think one of the most scariest things Jesus said, I mean, there's some scary things that he said. Ben mentioned some of those in his, in his sermon a little while ago, is, is um, in Matthew Matthew talks about the end, uh, Matthew, Jesus talks about the end times and he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, there it is again, as if, hey, Lord, we know each other. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles? In other words, didn't we do, do, do? Didn't we serve, serve, serve? Didn't, weren't we good, 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 good? And Jesus says plainly to them, I never knew you away from me. What is more important, our our doing, our prophesying, our miracle working, or our knowing him, our being transformed by him, our being filled afresh by the Spirit of God as we meet together every week. So the other thing that I I gleaned from this passage is Did Martha assume that Jesus wanted a meal? It doesn't say in the text that Jesus came in hungry and said, hey, can you feed me? I mean, she's just doing what's traditional. She's just doing what is cultural. She's just following the the norms. But did Jesus actually say that this is what he wanted her to do? And don't we do that sometimes? Aren't we just so bound by our traditions, our rituals, our structures, how we do church, that we go through the motions, we, we, we do what we think is what we're called, like we're just, this is culturally what we do, I'm doing the right thing. But sometimes, is Jesus actually asking us to do these things? Have we actually stopped to pray? Have we stopped to, to hear from the, the Spirit, to throw out our <laughs> routines, our assumptions? to actually hear what he actually is asking us to do. Because Martha, although she was near Jesus, was never in his presence. We can be near Jesus. Jesus is here and he is wanting to make his presence and his glory felt and known. He wants to shed his life on us. 
And we can even walk through these doors. We can come week by week and we can be near what's happening but not in it. And that's what Martha was doing. Jesus was in the other room. She was, she was near him. This was an opportunity. This was an, ex, an opportunity to experience what Mary did. But because of her distractions, because of her duty, she missed the opportunity to actually be in Jesus' presence. We have an opportunity every week to actually experience the very presence of God, to open up our hearts in worship, to allow those words. Man, there was, sometimes I was singing this morning and I was just ready to cry when the reality of what that songwriter has put down into words just hits me. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being reminded again how good you are, how loving you are, how you've called us, how you've made us your children. And so as a church in 2024, let's be merry and let's position ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Let us hear his revelation to us. Let us hear him uh, declare the truth over us, the, the truth of the gospel, that we are loved children, that there is no separation between us and God, that he has made a way for us to be in right relationship with him and to live out our lives as, as free human beings and in the joy and in the, in the peace of God that, that comes when, when he comes to live inside of us. So Jesus says to Mary, to Martha, that Mary, there's actually only one thing to be concerned about. So if you're anxious and you're concerned about lots, just remember that there's only one thing to be concerned about. And Mary has found it. And it's better. It's an interesting word, isn't it? It's not saying that, that there's good and bad and it has to be this. It's It's... That if there's only if everything's stripped away in life, that this is the thing to go for. This is what is better. Why is it better? Well, it's the indicative imperative rule. Now, I never did English in high school, and I never understood what those words meant. It was only when I was going to Bible college and trying to do essays and trying to do English. Indicative is, is the fact. It is the solid truth of something, and that comes first. And because of an, in, an indicative, because of fact, it has an outworking. It has a consequence. There's a flow, which is the imperative. And so if the fact is that we find what's better in our lives every day and we, we come to him and we're at the feet of Jesus and we're, we learners and, and that that. Because of that fact, there is an imperative that the doing, the going, just happens. We don't have to strive. We don't have to think. We don't have to to work it out. It actually just comes as a natural flow from being children of God, being a disciple, being at the feet of Jesus. When we learn what it is to be, then doing is just, just comes naturally. In fact, I love the story of Isaiah's calling in Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, a famous punk band is named after this, uh, this famous passage, so check them out. Um, there, there's, there's, 
Isaiah has a vision of God in the temple, and God is so magnificent and so big and so powerful and so amazing that only the train of his robe fills this massive temple, which kind of shows this comparison. The temple was a big place. And he has this this vision, and he hears these angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he has this this revelation that he is a sinner in the midst of a holy God. But God, in his grace and mercy, gets a seraph comes down and, and gets a coal and, and touches his lips, and, and he has an experience of God. He has, a, he has a being moment, and he's utterly transformed. And when God then says, whom shall I send? Send me! <laughs> I wonder if God had said, who shall I send to start with? Isaiah probably would have been going around. I don't know. Who else is here? Not me. But because he had this experience of God, because he has this transformation, this revelation, this sense of this is who I am, this is what God has made me, who shall I send? Send me. I'll go. Oh, hang on. What am I doing? I don't know. It doesn't matter. God's, God's with me. I mean, even if we think about the Great Commission, the Great Commission wasn't just a standalone statement. The disciples were with Jesus for three intimate years, every day, learning, discovering what it meant for Jesus' kingdom to be preached, who, what it meant to be fishers of men, what it meant for the grace of God to be alive and active. And so there had to be all this being before they were actually able to be called to do. And even then, they still didn't go, did they? They had to wait for something. It was only after Pentecost when they became filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, when they had that experience of God, when they were in his presence, when they were touched, moved, were then they able to, to go and live out that great commission. So my prayer for 2024 is that as a church, if we prioritise one thing, although there will be many things, and it's important that we do many things, even Siri thinks that we should do many things, <laughs> we should prioritise the better overall, and we should watch ourselves. Are we doing because we're assuming that we have to do? Are we, we going? Are we, are we serving because the pastor told me to? <laughs> or has Jesus actually called you? And has he met with you? And has he inspired you? And then this idea, hey, I could be involved in this. Or I could use my gifts that he's given me to do this, to help that person to be involved in this ministry, to do this. I feel, I feel called and it comes out of your being. So let us hear from him, be led by him. Let us experience his presence. And when we come to church, let's just have an open heart. As the music starts, just, Lord, speak. Have your way. I remove all of my distractions, all of my worries, all of my upsetnesses, and I just want to come into your presence. I want to come with singing. 
Isaiah had this amazing experience. And in Isaiah 55, he says, You shall go, go, you shall go out with joy. We, we go with this joy that's in us. We shall be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills. No. Um, Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings like eagles. I love this. A, a quote from Watchman Nee sat on my wall for years and years and years and years and years. And this is what the Holy Spirit <laughs> reminded me of. This quote, Christianity begins not with a big do, but a big done. It begins not with a big do, but a big done. It begins with understanding the gospel. And my prayer is that the truth and the reality of what Jesus did on the cross will so impact your inner being that every week you'll Be amazed at a new revelation of what that cross did for you, of what he won for you, the freedom, the life that he has and is calling you to, that that gospel truth will just so influence you and change you and that finished work of the cross will just set your inner being on fire. I'm going to invite the music team up. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this morning, I was just reminded of um, in Revelation how Jesus talks to the churches. Remember what he said to the church in Ephesus? He said, I love you doing. What you're doing is fantastic. You're going strong. You're serving. You're serving me. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're doing this. But I've got one thing against you. You don't love me like you used to love me. You don't love me like you used to love me. You've forgotten your first love. And I wonder if maybe many of us have come in the start of the year and we're thinking about all the distractions and, and all the worries, but have we forgotten what it was like when we first fell in love with Jesus? To love him again, to open up our hearts again, to to be like Mary and just sit and to receive from him, to change our inner being. We're going to sing a song, and I encourage you, if you've come and if you sense the Lord speaking to your heart this morning and you're like, you know what, as, we, as I go into this year, I know I've got all these worries, I know I've got all these responsibilities, I know I've got things on my my mind to do but I want to choose the better I don't want to be governed by that I want to have this opportunity that's right in front of me right now and I want to love Jesus like I used to I want to be transformed in my heart I want to invite some of the leadership team up the front here right now and if you feel like you want to be prayed for. You just want to experience the presence of God. You don't want to be near it. You don't want to onlook. You don't want to 
look from a distance, but you want to be in the, in, in the centre of it. Would you come forward? Can we pray for you? As we just head into this year, we just want to disciple ourselves. We want to, we want to be, be humans being. Let's do that together as we, we sing this song. create space for uh, Jesus to minister to us. Um, yeah, we'll just keep praying. Lord, I just uh, just thank you that you call us to be at your feet. It's as simple as that. And um, you want to just work with us in a way that is your power and your direction, not our own doing. And as Sam shared, I just I get a sense that a lot of us still need to create space for you and that our lives are too full with everything else and I just pray Father that you'll help us to find that space and be deliberate about it as we enter this year and um, yeah we just surrender ourselves now and we'll continue to keep the service open Lord for your ministry to occur and uh, we invite you to continue to minister through us Lord in Jesus precious name Amen well thank you uh, Sam that was wonderful and um, as I just prayed I pray if you, if you need to come out and do some more business and create that space please do there'll be people here to pray with you um, and um, uh, in the back room as well in the prayer room too if you need some something private to be prayed for we'd love to, to do that with you as well um, but we'll, we'll close the service there now and um, the kids will be ready to be picked up but um, enjoy some ongoing fellowship but yeah hope you enjoyed this morning we had a, a really good time thank you